From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. This is Real Talk, a new podcast series where we're going to break down the stigmas and feelings of embarrassment and talk openly and honestly about just how difficult breast cancer can be. From diagnosis to treatment to living with metastatic breast cancer to life after treatment ends. In today's episode, you'll hear from two women who both required surgery to treat their breast cancer but made different decisions about what happened after that surgery. Christy Burbage had a mastectomy on her left side and decided not to have her breast reconstructed. Suzanne Fonseca opted for reconstruction after her breast surgery but experienced one complication after another and multiple surgeries later decided to have her implants removed for good. There's no right or wrong decision when it comes to selecting the treatment that is right for you. And no choice is without risks or wondering after the fact if you made the right decision. I'm excited to welcome both of you to the show to share with our listeners about how you made your decision to have reconstruction or not, and how you're feeling about that decision today. So Christy, let's start with you. Tell us about your diagnosis and your decision for a flat closure. And then Christy, when you're done, Suzanne, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and, and walk us through your story as well. And then I'll, I'll let you talk. Sure. Um, so I was diagnosed with DCIS almost exactly a year ago. It was actually, my surgery was November 1st of 2022. And um, I didn't have any symptoms. This was just found on a mammogram that I was actually six months late for due to COVID. So I always think, oh my gosh, if, if I waited any longer, would it have been invasive? Um, so, so initially I was told that I would most likely end up with a lumpectomy and radiation because that's the most common treatment for DCIS. Um, but that turned out not to be the case. And I was told I would need a mastectomy. Um, and like you said, it was just on my left side. Um, and when I heard this, I was alone at the time because I just happened to get the call when I was pulling into the hospital parking lot for something. Um, and I, and, you know, I froze up thinking both about the mastectomy and also um, what could potentially come after that, you know, like chemo, because I you know, didn't really want that. So I was equally freaked out about both things. Um, and then, of course, I went home later and started Googling everything because that's that's what I do. So fast forwarding to the appointment with my surgeon. So that was maybe about a week later or whenever it was. And um, and then, you know, you know, we just went over everything. And then she suggested I set up an appointment with a plastic surgeon because um, we could do the reconstruction all in one surgery and we would go from there. And, and so I, you know, I, and so I did it because this whole time I just wasn't really like thinking too much about it. So I always thought, just assumed I would do the reconstruction because I thought that was just what you do. It was never really presented as you don't have to do this. Um, okay, so I thought reconstruction was more simple. I thought that they basically shifted your fat around and constructed a new breast that way, which I know sounds ridiculous. Like I didn't know it was an actual implant that they put in. Um, so I just, so I just, you know, scheduled the appointment with the plastic surgeon and didn't really think too much about it. Um, so the, so the consult lasted about an hour and I could barely get through it. So the, the, and this is just the consult alone. Um, 
my spouse was with me um, and we watched a video of what it would involve and how they would basically have to grow fat on my back and then rewire the blood supply. And I just, I just like almost passed out just hearing it. And I was just kind of in shock. So then, but I kind of like in the back of my head, I kind of still wanted to do it. Cause I thought like, it was just something that you did. The surgeon was also talking about how it's silicone, I think. And it's something that you might have to replace potentially every 10 years. And she also mentioned something about the possibility of an illness of unknown origin. I think that's what it's called. I might be getting that wrong, um, where you would start to feel sick, but not really know why. And it could be from that. And then I thought that would totally be me, because once I get something in my head, I would I would think it's that. Um, so then we so then my wife and I went down to the hospital lobby and my mother was waiting for us. And for about an hour, we just talked, talked it through. Um, and then I just ended up thinking, I don't know if I can do this, just the idea of a foreign object in me and just the idea. It just seemed like a lot of maintenance. But then I but then but, the, but like, you know, there's no good alternative because <laughs> it's like both both alternatives stink. Like, you know, you don't want to have nothing. But, but I also didn't want to have that. So then we at that point started looking up um, breast prosthetics and how that's a thing you could do. And another thing that kind of stuck out at me was during the consult when the surgeon showed me the before and after photos and I, like the after photos like didn't seem all that compelling like it just didn't look like um but again then I I, I just kept going back to I don't want to have nothing either but there's no like like you got you got to choose right um so then my next appointment was with my original cancer surgeon and that was to talk about scheduling the mastectomy and she said okay we have to coordinate a date with the plastic surgeon. Like she was just assuming I was going to reconstruct. And I had to actually say to her, no, I just want the mastectomy. That's it. Um, flat closure. And then she kind of looked at me like she didn't really believe me. And she's like, are you sure? Um, which kind of struck me because if I made the other decision, what I have felt is questioned. It just, it just was kind of kind of put me on edge a little bit. And then that made me question myself all over again. And then finally, when she saw I was pretty adamant, she just said, okay, you know, okay. Um, but I was very put off by just by the assumption that I would do it. And it it sort of felt to me like borderline reverse ageist, if that if that's even a thing. Like, cause I was in my early forties, you know, like so-called young. I feel like if I were in my sixties or seventies, would she pressure me as much? It just felt, or would she just let me be? So I went ahead and just did the flat closure surgery. The recovery was about a month. It was pretty painful. Um, and then about two months later, I was ready to go to get my prosthetic. And I went to Lady Grace, which is great. And, and one thing that kind of bothers me that if I were, I think if I were a little bit younger, like 10 or 15 years younger, I would, I might've felt more pressured to get the surgery and I might've just done it. Cause again, I, I'm, I was super on the fence about it. Um, and one last thing I'll say is that one saving grace is that is that I could still change my mind. Like it's it is never too late. You can like I, I you know, I could wake up in a few years and decide I, I do want to do reconstruction. It's probably it would have been better to do it during the initial surgery. But that like but just having that in the back of my head, it's like, OK, um, you know, because I, I do have body image issues when I'm unclothed because, you know, it, it does bother me to have nothing there but probably not enough to um, 
get reconstruction, but, but just knowing that I can makes me feel a little bit better. Okay, I'll introduce myself. Um, my name is Suzanne Fonseca. Um, I was diagnosed with um, invasive ductal carcinoma on June 16th, 2017. That's six years ago. I'm 44 now. Um, they found my cancer after having, I went for my normal mammogram because of family history, because my mom was diagnosed at age 50. Um, we had a lot of cancer in my family. My dad's mom uh, had breast cancer, which ultimately um, killed her. Um, my mom had breast cancer. My grandmother had uterine cancer twice. So, um, my regular mammogram came back normal, normal. I had my real breasts were dense and fatty. Basically we'll see you next year. Um, so my sister and I go to the same, um, gynecologist and she said, listen, let's do the bracket test. So with the bracket test, it tests the gene mutations for all different types of cancers. We did not test positive for the BRCA mutation. However, we tested positive for the MUYTH and the um, and another mutation. So ultimately, that led me to go for a uh, MRI mammogram. Uh, they found a tumor. So um, then I was diagnosed. So with that diagnosis of having uh, invasive breast cancer, uh, my breast surgeon at the time, who happened to also be my mom's breast surgeon, 20 plus years earlier. I didn't realize that until we actually got into the room and got the diagnosis, but, uh, she recommended, uh, to do a double mastectomy. So I took that. Okay. Let's do a double mastectomy. I went and, um, found a plastic surgeon who she ultimately works, works with well with. And, um, spoke about different options. So because I had years ago, I had um, spinal fusion surgery and I had C-section, they couldn't use like my stomach muscles and area to build two new boobs. So they had to do the, so I had a double mastectomy and the same day I had my first reconstructive surgery, which was a latissimus flap reconstruction. So basically the, your breast surgeon comes in, removes both breasts, flip you over, um, they cut your back muscles and slide them through the front, build two new boobs, implants immediately. You know, I thought at that time I was 38. I was still young. Why not? Um, I still want to feel like a woman, look like a woman. Um, I had probably in total in, the, in these six years, I just had my last surgery, August 29th, where I had everything removed. Um, so I have basically uh, a, a flat closure. Um, they took out everything, the latissimus muscles, the quarter, they cauterized my nerves. They took out, um, the implants. This was my third set of implants that I had, um, uh, surgically put in, taken out, put in, taken out. I became fully encapsulated, the highest grade encapsulation. Um, it was very painful. So this past six years, uh, I've, I've dealt with out of 10 fingers, seven of my fingers, nerves. I couldn't, couldn't feel them. So I could only feel three fingers. Um, Body aches, pains. They never said it was breast implant illness. However, you know, you do tend to Google and you search and you, you become your own advocate because you're the one going through this. You're the one that feels it. Sometimes you feel, I don't know if you went through the same thing. Like when you're talking to your plastic surgeon or your breast surgeon or even your oncologist, you, you feel that you're telling them how you're feeling and what you're actually going through. But 
they say they understand it, but no one really knows unless you've been through that. So that's why, you know, being a part of so many different um, um, support groups and even with Susan G. Komen talking to the ladies all the time, like it was, it was just so um, important to me to constantly talk about it, get it out there. But yeah, it was uh, six years and I would, I probably would have definitely changed my mind if I knew I was going to go through all of this from day one, I would have just went completely flat closure black back then. So I'm 44 now. Um, I just had the last surgery. They removed everything. So now I look like basically a prepubescent, like nine year old. There's nothing. I'm, I joke around and say my body looks like operation, you know, where you, the game where you pull all the little organs out, but I just have scars all over. So, but I'm the only thing that I care about. I don't care about that anymore. Having a breasts or, or, or looking like a woman. I mean, I had to have a hysterectomy from all this. So at this point I woke up today, that's most important. Um, it's a lot difficult now to try to shop for clothes, but you know what? It is what it is at this point, just as long as I made it and I'm here to talk about it and to constantly be, uh, an advocate for being your own advocate with this whole breast cancer journey, then you know what? I've done my job and for some reason, that's why I was picked to do this or, or have this illness. Um, but it, it was a, definitely a long process, a lot of surgeries, but it's just made me stronger. So. Was the, the, um, the first surgery that you described with a, with a, um, like went on your back and then flipped you over that, that was never presented to me, yeah. but I, I wonder if it was, if I just would have done it. Because it's, it doesn't sound simple, yeah, like, but it sounds simpler than some of the other ones. Like if I would have just been okay, but that's, yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a 12, almost 13 hour surgery. So yeah, they removed your breasts and then flipped you over. That's so how I had like massive yeah. scars on my back, on my front. I had six drain tubes for the first surgery. I mean, that, it, it, it was rough. I mean, I consider myself a pretty strong person to go through all of this, but um if I knew now what I knew, if I'm no, if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have just went with the flat yeah. closure immediately because you know what you want to look and feel right. like a woman. Um, but at this point, uh, I'd rather not be vain and just deal with it. So yeah, it's just, you know, it's a stigma. So they, you have to look like a woman, you have to be this way. But my husband was like, whatever makes you happy, where as long as you're, healthy and happy and you're alive then yeah. we're good no yeah no definitely and then I also it's funny what you were saying about about looking like the the operation game because I kind of because it's just like literally it's hard to describe for someone who you know, it's just like nothing now. yeah and I just feel kind of lopsided Absolutely. and then and part of me also thinks that if I if I had needed the double mastectomy if I might have been more likely to do it to do the reconstruction because it's like because because mentally I sort of had an easier time in the sense that, okay, I'm still holding on to part of me. Like I have one boob, like, even though it's not. Sure. So, I, so I think like that, that kind of factored into a little bit, but. But I will say like, you know, after having, going through breast cancer, having, you know, when I did the reconstruction the first time and then I had to go back in and I, had, I went through three sets of implants, you do, um, you get a lot of people that are like, oh, it's just a boob job. You know, you'll, you'll be fine. But you, but it's not, it's different. I, they had to remove everything. They, I didn't have, I just had basically two implants to 
boobs, but they weren't boobs because they had to remove my nipples. So it was just, why bother? At this point, I was done. After six years, I'm, I'm done dealing with the pain, the uncomfortableness. It's just, it's not worth it. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze on that one. Yeah, I've, I've had people say that to me too, originally. Like, oh, just almost like, and I know they didn't mean it like this, but almost like it, it, it's a good thing. Like, oh, you, you'll get a boob job out of this. Like, or like, have the yeah. other one off and just do it. It's like, no, it's not, it, 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 it's not that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel kind of like you feel, like you said, if you were younger or maybe if you were older, you would have been like, oh, okay, no problem. They would have, they would have, you, your surgeon would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah sure. You don't want to have a reconstructive, that's fine. But I feel like that as well, because at 38, I was like, oh, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, these are all the options I have to weigh. But I kind of felt like this is what you're, they want you to do. But I understand how I, it, it makes you feel like you want to feel whole. Um, but definitely with, it's not there. They didn't tell me I needed to do this, but I kind of felt more swayed to do the reconstruction and, oh, it's going to be fine. And, you know, it's going to hurt, but you'll be okay. But I, I, I totally understand how you feel with that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how I felt. Cause it wasn't really explicit pressure. It was just sort of implied. And then. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I feel kind of ridiculous. I, I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but then I think, you know, like, because I, I think of the whole, you know, like big pharma and how, you know, it's like, and it's, it's like a moneymaker too. And it's like, okay, here's the surgeon. Like, you're just going to do it. And now I, like, and I, I know that's not, sure. that wasn't their intention. But that's always like kind of the back of my, back of my mind. Like, it's just something that you got to do because that's just part of it. Yeah. Sure. But, but I definitely learned that you, through this whole six year process, that you have to be your right. own advocate. Um, like, even with insurance, because, I just, like I said, I had my last surgery August 29th um, and I'm already getting bills saying, oh, the insurance isn't paying it because you, it's an elective surgery. Like I didn't elect to have this. That's a big thing that uh, I feel that definitely as a, as a woman with breast cancer, you have to seriously draw the line with insurance companies and constantly explain yourself, which is like a broken record, but you have to say, I didn't ask to have breast cancer. I didn't ask to go through all this. This is what, you know, what the surgeon recommended. This is what the route of the course of action that we were taking to um, become whole again. So it's, it's, it's been a battle. Right. Cause if it was any other cancer, they, they wouldn't question it. No. Uh, yeah. But because it's implants and oh, reconstruction. Do you, have you, have you regained? Yep. Cause you said that you lost some feeling in some of your fingers. Have you regained that? I'm starting to feel a little bit. Um, I mean, it takes a while for your nerve uh, endings to start like regenerating, but I, I'm starting to actually feel a little bit. I don't have uh, such constant pain. My implants, once that was my third set that was move, removed, they became so hard that you could knock mm -hmm. on them like you're knocking on, on a piece of wood. That's how hard the pain, the scar tissue, it was just, I, 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 I it was horrible. I slept on my back. Like I was like in a coffin for all this like years it was just miserable couldn't lay on my side yeah nobody tells you that you know when you're going through all this <laughs> yeah wow oh i'm sorry you to go through all that it's oof. that's all right it just makes you stronger it's just a speed bump and everybody deals with um right. things differently and if you know what they make their own decision i'm not here to sway anybody to say you need to do this yeah. you need to do that but i will say it 44. I am so much happier now that 
I don't have to wear a bra. I, I joke around with my husband. I said, we could go to the beach now. I don't even have to wear a bathing suit top because I have no chest. And he goes, I don't know about that. But, you know, I, we always joke around. Like, I could just walk around. Well, no problem. Because you, you, you could blend in because some women are just really flat. Me, on the other hand, who's like almost a C yeah. cup. And one, I'm just, so I, I have to wear something in my bathing suit. And that's why that's yeah. like the one downside where I'm like, oh, I don't. And sometimes, I mean, wait, I have my own pool, so I, I just swim without it. I don't care. But when I'm in public, I don't want to walk around, walk around like that, too. So sure. that's the only. Um, so there is. The, um, I, so I have to get a special mastectomy um, swimsuit and it comes with a pocket where and it, it stays in fine. But I'm always kind of worried. Like if, if I'm at the ocean, giant wave and I'm trying to get out, I think, oh, is this was this really the best idea but. but I will say that like you know you you have you said your wife I have my husband my family my son like it's just it's so important to have that support your family support um having cancer I'm sure you know really you see the true colors of people you probably lost some friends gained some friends like it is definitely um, uh eye-opening sure so yeah yeah and then, yeah, and just thinking what you said about being married, and I think, you know, because we're, because I'm, I'm also 44, so we're at similar points in life, like that you, and this, and this kind of ties back into thinking if this had happened 10 or 15 years ago, when I was single, like, would that have impacted my choice if I was still dating? And thinking about what the other person sure. would think. But now, like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it doesn't matter sure. as much when you're, ma- you know, when you're married, but or it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is how I deal with it. I'm always like, Oh, you know what? I'm tainted goods. No one's, you know, you're stuck with me now. And I, you know, my husband, my husband is just, he's amazing. He's my rock. And he's seen me on my lowest points and you see me on my highest. So, um, he is absolutely, he just makes me laugh because I'll just come out with some random stuff and he'll be like, okay, yeah, yes. sure. Tainted goods. Got it. No problem. And you know, and he, and he always says, you know, I, I don't love you because of your, your, right. your boobs. It, that's not the reason why. So, because I don't really don't care right. if it's there or not. And I'm like, I know, I know, but it's, it's definitely a hard thing to, um, for yourself, right. To like physically, when you see yourself in the, in the mirror you after shower, you're like, oh, yeah. like, I don't, oh, like, oh, sometimes like, you get what? just like, what? But you know, yeah. some, yeah, but sometimes you're just like, you know what? I'm right. here. That's all that matters. I woke up today. Exactly. That's the most important. So this seems like a good time to ask, what advice would you have for a woman that is starting the process of of deciding what they're going to do next? Um, Are they going to have a mastectomy? Are they going to have rebuild, you know, reconstruction or not? It should just do your research and that you're really your own best advocate. So just really look and see what's out there. I, I also agree. Um, I will say my, my breast surgeon, she was amazing when she gave me my diagnosis. She gave me a book and said, do not go on the computer. Do not Google anything. She goes, read this book. That right there was probably the best information because yes, you want to be your own advocate. You want to research it, but I am kind of old school research it going to as many surgeons as you want to seeing their pictures and then you personally have to make that decision don't let anybody decide for you or sway you towards you need to do this you need to do that you honestly have to do what you think you want and how you feel because that that that's the most important thing in the end it's about how you feel so 
Yeah, and I and I, I do think it's interesting how when it comes to being swayed, it's only in one direction. That I that I can't really imagine a, a surgeon pushing a woman to go flat. Like I, that's kind of hard to imagine saying, "Oh yeah, we'll just take it off." Like that 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 usually it, it's in the other direction. It, it's the it's the assumption that that you will do reconstruction. So I I think that alone kind of says something. Yeah, well, uh, I, th I think that's good advice uh, from uh, from very wise women that have uh, trod a, a very difficult path. And so, um, I, you know, I just want to thank you on behalf of this community for for sharing your lives and, and your stories, and just being very real with us, um, so that hopefully, you know, other people can learn from your your example. So I really really appreciate you both joining the show today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.